0: Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. The last Big Sky Breakdown from the week leading up to the FCS National Championship game featuring Montana State, gunning for their first national title since 1984, taking on North Dakota State, a squad that is in search of their ninth title in the last 10 years, an unparalleled dynasty for NDSU. I'm Colton Ruanez. You already know it. You can find this podcast always at SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as all your various podcast hosting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. This is Breakdown presented by Alpine Touch as well as Blackfoot Communications. This is our interviews episode for the week. And uh, there's four interviews to share with you. We'll hear from Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, Matt Entz, North Dakota State head football coach. Sam Herder, the senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports. And Alex Escherman, SWX Montana reporter and uh, part of our Montana State Minute. A lot of this stuff, collaborations with Nuanas Now, my daily radio show on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as uh, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for all the engagements this week and uh, all the interactions. and hope everybody's having a great time. We're having an awesome time with all this lead-up coverage and we'll have full coverage for you of the big game between Montana State and ND you following Saturday's action. Kicks at 11 a.m. Central Time, so that's 10 a.m. Montana Time. So we'll have stories, photos, podcasts, everything in between. Make sure you check out skylinesportsmt.com. Get this thing kicked off with Montana State and football coach Brent Vegan. If you are listening to this, you're listening to it on the eve of the FCS National Championship game, Montana State, North Dakota State, Frisco, Texas. We're recording this just a few days after Montana State's semifinal victory over South Dakota State. The first semifinal win by the Bobcats in 37 years. 31-17, a second half shutout by the defense. And coach, before we get into the ins and outs of the game that was on Saturday... I mean, what a moment in time. I've been doing this for a while now. This is the first time as a full time reporter I've covered a team that's going to the national championship. And I know the state is just a buzz. People are just going crazy for the Bobcats and talking about the Bobcats. The level of exposure is just amazing. So, what have you thought of just the, the fanfare and all the energy that exists in Montana right now coming off that victory?
1: Well, it's, uh, it's truly unbelievable. And, and I know um, I've Probably just hit the tip of the iceberg. I, you know, the the electricity in that stadium on Saturday, as far as my career was, right up there with any any game I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, I would imagine that electricity. Uh, carried deep into the night here in Bozeman and then across the state, I, I think um, you know Bobcat fans from every every corner of Montana um, should be proud of this team. And you know, I know trying to find a way down to Frisco is uh, is hard to do. Not, maybe not finding a way down to Frisco, but finding a ticket into the game—that's <laughs> a good problem, I guess, to have. That uh, we have so many great supporters, and you know, um, I think for our for our guys, whether they're from Montana or not, you know, I think there's a great sense of pride and. Bringing this program uh, back to a place it hasn't been uh, since 1984. And, you know, uh, we aim to, to finish the deal. It's, you know, not just about making it there, it's about winning it. And, you know, we had a lot of preparation against a great program here ahead of us. But and our guys certainly did, uh, I think, enjoy the moment, not only as the game unfolded on Saturday, but, but throughout the weekend.
0: I've been thinking about so many different elements of this game, but one thing that really struck me was just the dichotomy of the fact that you have won semifinals games before. You've had this experience of going to the national championship before, but never at Montana State, in Montana, as a head coach. So, I mean, what's that dichotomy like? What's this feel like compared to how it has in the past?
1: Well, in a different role, and, and you know that – Part of that build at NDSU, and it was you know I think the, the time before the three championships we won, and what's left to now you know eight going on a, a ninth trip to to Frisco. That wasn't that wasn't easy times. We went through some growing pains for sure to get to that point. So I guess to to come here and you know pick up um, a program that had been uh, been to the semifinals and, and lay out a vision to our guys, our, our guys who are very determined to to get back to the semifinals and take it another step. Uh, um, and to kind of see that through. I think that's the you know that's such the, the, the difference piece to it that this is all stuff for me at least being part of it that's happening within a calendar year. I know for our guys and their journey here, um, some of them are in their sixth year. It's been it's much been longer than that. But to, to see the joy, you know, amongst our team, to see the joy um, amongst our fans, um, and, and you know, like I said before, to be in a place that. Bobcat football hasn't been in a long time. I, I think it's it's very re- rewarding on a whole different level than um, you know that experience back at NDSU. I mean, that was rewarding in its own right. It was my alma mater. I'd kind of seen a, a lot of things before we got to that point, but this is this is on a different level for sure.
0: Well, Andre Williams mentioned in the post-game press conference that it's the don't flinch mentality. When you do get hit in the mouth, when you do experience hurdles and adversity, which you guys have had almost endless this last month, but you just kept knocking them down. I mean, it's easy to say it, but it's it's hard to do it, right? I mean, what have you thought of these guys and their ability to bounce back no matter what's in their way?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been remarkable. I, I think the uh, yeah, it's one thing to say it, but I but I think the belief in each other is what drives us forward. Um, and you, you keep reminding the guys of it. I think they keep telling each other, you know, the, the same thing. And when you when you believe in what you're doing, um, you believe in how you're doing it, and then you believe in one another. You know, you should be able to overcome some things. You know, you should be able to overcome um, a loss like we had at the end of the season. Um, you know, giving up 17 points in the first half and running into that locker room tied up 17-17 to 17 on Saturday. You know, I, I think um, there's just that collective belief in one another right now and what we're doing. And we're gonna do it as, as well as we can, prepare as hard as we can and, and then you know, let it all play out on, on each one of these Saturdays. So and I and I would guess as we click off each one of these wins the last three weeks, you know, that belief becomes even stronger. I mean that's that's the neat part about where we're at right now and you know, for Amandre to be able to articulate that, I think that's a testament to his leadership and you know, our leaders on this team.
0: Brent Vegan joining us, Montana State head football coach here on Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. And for us, Coach... It's been so unique this season covering your team and a lot of teams across the big sky and across the country because, like you say, there are some guys that have been in college for five, six years. I mean, these guys, you got several guys on your team that are engaged or married, guys that have kids. So it's a totally different group because they're so mature and so much older. So from a coaching perspective and an educator perspective, what's it been like to be around just older guys like that?
1: Well, you know, you come in a situation with um, a core group of guys that, uh, you know, it was easy to see why they – They were still here, a and I guess b how they were able to withstand all that had been thrown their way in 2020, and then January of 21. I think getting to know them, they were they were very driven and very principled. Um, You know, and we have this kind of unique team where we have uh, a lot of guys nearing the end, but we have a lot of new guys too. And and that's uh, you know, it's been neat to see our you know our newer guys, you know, the first and second year guys, you know, really follow that lead and in a if you're looking for consistency in a program because that's what you want, you want your your program to be able to withstand um, graduation and, and who are the next guys up, I mean it, it takes it takes that you know, I guess that collective synergy and, and, um, you know, and then before you know it, these young guys on this team are the old guys and there's a new crop coming in and they just continue to pass along. Hey, this is how we do it here. This is how it's done. And, and, you know, I know that's what's occurred in Fargo for a long, long time. And I think, you know, I could sense that we had, we had the foundation for that with this group and, you know, it's it's obviously been great to see it uh, play out, you know, uh, going back to February.
0: Well, so much of that has been passed down prior to to you guys and your staff's arrival there as well. But, I mean, what's the process like when it comes to sharpening that? Because it seems like you guys have sharpened it so much, particularly the belief in winning, but also like everything else you're talking about, just the work ethic and and details and all that sort of thing.
1: I think, you know, changing the process a little bit, um, you know, I think Coach showed. Laid down a great foundation. Um, I could sense, and I said it a lot when I got the job. I think we, you know, this foundation is a football that we see very similarly. And, and you know, we chose to go the different directions schematic wise. And that's part of it. But it's, you know, I think we, we've practiced differently. Um, we, you know, I think ran our summer uh, program a little differently. And, and, you know, it's just about getting guys um, ready faster, um, having them be, you know, ready for, you know a fourteen fifteen game season, uh, and that's a lot of the you know what Coach Heron has been able to to do through the months of June and in July, and then how we practiced in August set our, set us up for guys to be able to to step in. Um, I think Ryland Ord is such a great example of of a guy just being ready to go when his number was called. You know, Ryland. Had a ton of reps in the fall and the spring, or the spring and the fall. Everyone looked at it, did really well with that. Had, had a ton of game reps. He got in at the end of some of those early games and did well. But as far as meaningful reps, you know, his first meaningful, meaningful reps really came down in Sam Houston. His first start came in the semifinals. And he's a really good example of maybe a little bit of shift in just, um, you know, how, we, how, our process, how our process is working now. And, and you know, you take a little change and tweak to the process on top of the foundation that was already here. You know, I'm not terribly surprised we're in this position.
0: Brett Vegan here on Nuance, Now, ESPN Radio. And Coach, one of my uh, co-hosts, my co-host on Mondays, is a guy who was an offensive coordinator in the NFL for about 25 years, maybe 27 years. But regardless... He he hosts a quarterback camp each summer uh, with high school kids, and he worked with Tommy Malott back in the day, and he's been asking me throughout the fall, how's the Malott kid doing? Is he coming along? And I think it's been so fascinating to watch Tommy's development from what he was in the spring, which was an obviously very talented athlete, but a guy that was—the the finer details of playing quarterback were eluding him to now this kid who's blossomed into a bona fide star. So. Uh, you've been around a lot of guys that became unbelievable talents, but when that light starts to click for the young guy i mean what's that like for you watching him from your quarterback coach position
1: it's been it's been great to see tommy come along and you know i, I think the the common theme amongst the guys that i've you know really that really been successful it, it's it and tommy has the you know the the desire the the competitive nature um the, you know for him it's that really that dedication to continue to get get better while, you know, being a third or fourth string guy and, and, you know, this fall, the number of ways he was used, special teams, receiver, um, quarterback here and there. I never saw him as a wildcat quarterback, but I I guess from the outside looking in, if you, you know, you saw his runs versus his passes, you can maybe see it that way, but but he was developing and, you know, um, he he wasn't satisfied with, you know, being uh, kind of that jack of all trades. You know, he wanted to be Um, He wanted to be a quarterback and we, you know, I kept telling him that from from the start is, you know, I think you can be a quarterback here now. We just gotta, we want to use you because you're one of our better athletes and and just uh, continue to work at it. And he did that and, you know, it was really helpful. We had that by, you know, the Thanksgiving week where you know, I think we could kind of go back to square one for a couple of days, and he could have an opportunity to to just get all the reps um, for the first time and, you know, really his time here. And, and you know, I thought those couple of days right before Thanksgiving were huge, and then we, we jump into – you know, a week of prep against uh, Tennessee Martin in that game and initially was, you know, he was working pretty fast, but I, you know, I, th- I thought once he was out there probably midway through the first half, things started to slow down a little bit and, you know, he's just continued to, to blossom from there and, and the, the time and. You know, dedication that that he has had, the time he spent in the film room, the dedication just to continue to get better, those are the things that are rare. Um, I think there's a lot of kids out there with talent, um, and he's very talented. But the kids that have that absolute desire and dedication and and competitive nature, you know, that's what's going to allow him to continue to, you know, flourish here.
0: Well, it seems like that's really been apparent to his teammates, especially the older guys as well. And it was such a moment in time sitting in the postgame press conference with Troy Anderson sitting there after he just played his last game as a Bobcat in Bobcat Stadium and Tommy Mallott sitting right next to him. Wild to think that those guys are from an hour apart from each other in two small towns in Montana. But it seemed as if that was also this moment in time where... Troy was acknowledging Tommy and you know Troy doesn't like to talk about himself but you get him talking about Tommy a lot and he'll go on forever so uh, but it seems like that's such a common theme amongst the seniors just their respect for what this kid has done but also it seems like they've really bestowed some leadership in him too and they're following him even though you know th- this is sort of their show all season long
1: you know i think you look at Tommy's time here last fall so fall of 20 and spring of 21 i mean his real it really is only way to really make an impression was primarily with his work in the weight room and in the south dome and um out on bobcat stadium you know running and working and, and and i think he you know that's when you initially make an impression upon your your peers and i think his willingness to just do whatever this fall um that did not go unnoticed um Playing special teams and, and blocking and tackling when all you've been is a quarterback is not a, a, an easy ask, and, and I think all our our leaders in particular saw what he was doing and you know marveled at it. And then you know when we made the decision to to make him the quarterback, that I think that Tuesday and Wednesday practice again, he was able to show, hey, I'm much more, much more than that. And you know that was offense versus defense, and he did a great job. And it, it wasn't he had a chance to watch you know that uh, that segment with with Tommy and Troy. And, and Tommy went first, and you know, I just some of the looks—I I think of, of pride that uh, um, Troy kind of gave Tommy as he answered questions. It was—it was awesome. It, it truly was, and and that's a real moment um, where you know it's kind of passing the torch. It's—I um, know for Troy, seeing a. Another Montana kid I have the success. I, I know that's something that's really important to him. So yeah, that was that was really neat. Uh, I, I, they just happened to come up. I don't think it was by design they came up at the same time. And you know, Troy waited on Tommy for the most part there, and I don't think he had any problem with that. That's that's a real that's it's a real neat thing in. in Tommy, you know, initially here, it's a lot by how he's doing things, leading by example more, but I know he's getting more and more comfortable. certainly in the huddle of, of just leading, and, you know, he'll just continue to grow um, as, as time goes on.
0: Montana State head football coach Brent Vegan joining us here on Nuwan is Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. And, Coach, just two more things for you. One, there are some advantages to this three-week break before the national championship. By the way, if you are listening in, we're coming to you on December twenty first uh you're probably listening to this the week of the national championship game but we're just catching up while it's all still fresh before we all take a little time for christmas but on that note coach it's gonna be opportunity for you guys to get healed up guys you could probably see their families you know maybe go over to some of their teammates houses whatever it might be but also it's a long time to wait especially when you talk about the exterior noise and all the hype that's going to be around this game so how do you go about managing that how do you make it an advantage and, and not let sort of distractions get in the way well
1: you use the time um For all to think about, I think. Initially here, it's introducing North Dakota State, and, you know, I think our guys generally know a lot about North Dakota State. A lot of them have played against them either a time or two. Um, Our last two opponents, South Dakota State and Sam Houston, you know, um, Common, uh, is a common opponent, um, whether it's the fall or, or back in the spring. So we've seen them on film a little bit the last couple of weeks. Um, so get familiar and then take a little bit of a, a, a break. Allow our guys to get home and enjoy Christmas uh, and be around families. I think that their family, that's that's critical just to, you know, as you reset your, your mind a little bit. I, over that Thanksgiving break, I think it was helpful that our guys even got away for 48 hours. So it'll be a little bit longer. this go around, we'll bring them back to Bozeman and, and have a, about a week before we go down to Frisco and just go through our process and you know the, the good thing about this time I guess is it's just football you know uh, we've been dealing with finals and, and last couple of weeks of classes the last three weeks so to be just about football now I think our guys will absolutely pour themselves into this opportunity you know I do think come September or September uh, January 8th um, you know we'll be as healthy as we've been since September you know we'll be down just a couple guys or just a couple guys I think had truly season-ending injuries, and I know the guys have been hurt and injured recently. I, I know are doing everything they can to get back. You know, and, and, and I think the biggest thing we do is, is make it about the game, make it about 11.03 central time on January 8th and putting our best uh, foot forward for that. Um, you know, it's, it's an experience unlike any other game that we've had, uh, but it's not quite to the level of a bowl experience where they um, – they do all kinds of things. I think bowl experiences are great in their own right, but you end up – there are plenty of things that can distract you. I think this – you know, the way this is set up, we can be primarily about our focus and our preparation, and um, that's what we intend to do.
0: Well, last thing for you then. The, uh, the scene at the end of the game on the field – in Bozeman on Saturday, was unforgettable. Uh, but I thought that one thing that was so striking is there's several people that work in the, in the Montana State Athletic Department that have been the, here for decades and decades and decades. I know Dan Davies is retiring, but he's been a part of national championships all the way back to 1976. It's truly amazing. Uh, everything he's seen as a Bobcat. Bill Lamberty from Sports Information, I mean, been there 30-plus years. And just to see those guys and how proud they were of you and your team, uh, it was an amazing moment. And uh, I think that those guys, they have so much history uh, in this. And, and so, so much attachment to it. So, I mean, I know that it's about the entire organization, but you must have felt pretty special for, for guys like that and, and bobcats all around the state that have been watching, you know, all the way back since when Sonny Holland was walking the sidelines.
1: Yeah, no question. I knew coming here that this, um, there was a lot of tradition here. There's a, a lot of special teams over the years, and a lot of special people, honestly, that have, uh, that have poured their hearts into this program. And getting us to this point is not just about the football staff and the football players. It's about our president, our athletic director, the entire athletic staff, the facilities and what they did last week, um, our community, how they contributed to cleaning out the stadium. I mean, it's truly a, a all for one one for all effort you know not just here in bozeman but across our state and, and you know we got so many um people truly invested um whether it's a bobcat scholarship fund or quarterback club um it's just amazing um amazing outfit, i guess and, and and you spoke to, to dan and, and bill and, and you know i'm um, really happy for those guys that they can be part of this um you know uh dan being part of of two championships we might need to have him you know, <laughs> give us a stroke of luck somehow whatever that is he's going to be down on the sidelines covering it so you know I know there's going to be a lot of former players that have an opportunity to come down to Frisco we're so excited for that whether the guys that were on those championship teams or not we, we hope that you know uh, the place is crawling with former Bobcat players uh, because this is their team uh, former players are you know as, as much a part of this as, as our current and uh, it's just uh, you know it's this is a football program um in every which way and it's one that um uh, you know we want a lot of people to be proud of and i think that's where we're at right now and you know just anxious for um, to see what the sights are i was bozeman on on saturday was awesome and i trust that frisco on uh, january 8th is going to be something else too
0: brev egan head football coach his team plays north dakota state fcs national championship game on Saturday. Coach, happy holidays. I'm sure we'll catch up with you between now and then, but uh, thanks so much for taking the time today, and best of luck with everything. Yeah, thanks,
1: Colton. Thanks for having me on. Go Cats.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the emergency broadband benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news.
0: Well, happy now to continue Yet another segment that extends from football season and very cool to still be in the full throes of football season. The FCS National Championship on the horizon. Montana State takes on North Dakota State in Fresco, Texas. So it's time now for our Across the Sidelines, where we profile and interview coaches that are taking on either the Bobcats or the Grizzlies, and the Bobcats, one of two teams left standing they take on North Dakota State, and we're joined now by Matt Entz, the head coach of NDSU. Coach, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, this is becoming old hat for you guys, or I guess it's been old hat for a while, now it's just an extension of the tradition, but how's it feel right now as you prepare less than a week away from another FCS national title game for the Bison?
3: well everyone here's uh, unbelievably excited for the opportunity it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, you never want to take for granted and i know you you, you mentioned you'll you know the- NDSU's been to the national championship game a number of times, but one of the things we saw every year, every team's different. And uh, this this team, it was one of their goals that uh, they'd have this opportunity, and uh, they've earned this uh, up to this point. And now we're playing a a really good Montana State football team, and uh, our kids are excited. Uh, We still have a little bit of preparation yet, and uh, we're going to be on our way here shortly.
0: I want to talk to you about just you taking over this program because uh, last time I was at the FCS national championship game, it was when North Dakota State took on Eastern Washington. I know, I know that was uh, the last season before you took over uh, as the head coach. But uh, how has your perspective changed, and uh, what have you thought of just just the role that you fill now? I mean, how is it different than than your previous five seasons at NDSU as the defensive coordinator?
1: Well, of
3: course, you know, being a defensive coordinator for the previous five years, my our world evolved around essentially half the team and a little bit of special teams. Uh, my, my job was to make sure that we were prepared from a defensive standpoint uh, day in and day out for practices and for games. And, and you know, you really, you know, I, at that time I put horse blinders on to a certain extent just to make sure that I focused in on what I could control. And that was, you know, hopefully our defensive execution our defensive energy. Uh, becoming the head football coach, you're all of a sudden challenged with uh, getting to know what's going on offensively, making sure you're creating those relationships that are necessary on your team with the offensive players, offensive staff. There's a lot of other things, little things that uh, um, take some of your time. You're, you're not necessarily diving into the X's and O's maybe as much as you would like um, at the, as in the head coaching position. That's so why you got to have people that you can trust. Today. and We have a tremendous staff here, guys who really understand the game and are great teachers.
0: One of the most fascinating parts about this year to me is just hearing all the different stories and, and different uh, challenges that, that programs have been through, uh, given this the state of affairs in the world at large for the last couple years. Uh, but the, the teams that decided to play in the spring season, and, and NDSU was one of them, you guys now are going on uh, an unprecedented number of games for a single calendar year in college football. I know I talked to Casey Keeler about this at Sam Houston State and, and John Stiglmeyer at South Dakota State as well and you know two dozen games is just an amazing amount in a single calendar year and you guys will play for the 25th time in 2021 on Saturday so uh, what's it been like for you guys I mean how have you guys been able to navigate the, the challenges of just having so much football to be played you Well, know,
4: culture
3: what we what we did and, and, and kind of just... Maybe one of the bigger decisions I made as a head football coach. It goes back to January of 2021. I, you know, going into that spring, nobody knew what spring football was going to look like, and nobody knew with the pandemic what was going to be the success rate uh, of a season and so we made a decision, a conscious decision, the administration, myself and even even the leadership within our football team that we were going to try to work really smart in the spring and we were going to back off some things from a length of practice, from a volume standpoint so we would be able to make sure that when we did get to the fall, because the fall at the time was the only thing I could guarantee. I didn't know what spring looked like, we'd never done it before but I knew that come august we'd have a spring season again and i felt comfortable and i felt confident that we would have that spring season and so you know we, we sacrificed a little bit of practice time for the health and safety of our kids so that way when we did get back to the fall we wouldn't feel like we were we had too much football accumulated on our on us physically and mentally at that time and, and i think it's worked out well of course uh this spring provided a number of issues and a number of challenges. But I don't know at this time if I'd go back and change anything now that I've, I've been able to get into the fall.
0: Matt Ed's joining us across the sideline, presented by Mike Nugent and Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate, your local real estate experts all the way around the state of Montana. And coach, uh, it's interesting to me to get to know Brent Vegan, Montana State's first year head coach, and some of the uh, history he has at NDSU, both as a player and a longtime assistant, and then the offensive coordinator on three national championship teams. But I know that staff, Craig Bowles' staff, that included Brent Vegan, sort of precluded you guys. Uh, when Then when Chris Kleiman took over and you became the defensive coordinator there. So do you have much crossover or, or much uh, personal familiarity with Coach Vegan?
3: Uh, we've met a number of times uh you know my my familiarity with chris or excuse me with uh is i've never i've never worked with him or on the same staff i have competed against him i've coached against him i have met him a number of times and you know if, if the two of us have seen each other at uh maybe clinics or conventions we've had opportunities to visit or to catch up have a ton of respect uh i know you know him uh, a, a lot of people, Craig Bowl, uh, were really instrumental in, uh, uh, in getting this program going. Uh, I've been fortunate to take over and, and step into these shoes and, uh, and, and help maintain the success that uh, NDSU has, has grown used to. Well,
0: on that note, I mean, how do you do that? Because, you know, high expectations are something that everybody strives for uh, in college football and in life in general and business and in radio and, and all that stuff, but... Uh, maintaining those and, and not letting complacency slip in and, and uh, you know all of the different factors that can go into the, the erosion of something great. How do you maintain the standard because North Dakota State has done it honestly better than anybody in the history of college football?
3: You know, I think, Colson, there's a couple things that, that we do in particular that, that helps us. I think the first one, is you heard me mention it earlier, we treat every season as, as its own special opportunity. We, we seldom, you know, during this, this fall of the 21 season did we seldom ever reference spring or 2019. The most important season is this one right now. And so we don't try to, to get things blurry or cross lines. We want everything to be emphasized for this season right now. Um, some other things that I think just that, that we do a good job of, and I know a lot of other programs do the same thing, but we have a lot of systems in place here or processes that are critical to our operation. It could be recruiting, player development, strength and conditioning, academic support all those things every year we try to really go with you know go through each of those things with a fine tooth comb and say how can we incrementally improve this system and uh, it's something that we've continually have done every year since i've been a d coordinator now being a head coach have probably tried to even up that a little bit um I, I truly believe you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's no such thing as staying the same because everyone is in pursuit of you or everyone there's there's so many good coaches and staffs out there that if you just sat around and rested on your laurels or on what you've done before you know it, people are gonna pass you and then you're gonna be the one that's trying to get back to the top. And it, it, it takes a lot of hard work, it takes a lot of time. I got a great staff that I can trust. I know they're gonna be extremely transparent in their thought process. They're gonna come at me with, with great ideas and, and solutions uh, those are the things you're always looking for. Everyone has the answer. Uh, I want solutions because those
0: are those are uh, solutions in action. ESPN Radio, new is Now, 1029 FM, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Matt Enst joining us. He's the head coach of the North Dakota State Bison. They are gunning for their ninth national title in the last ten years against Montana State down in Frisco, Texas. And Coach, it's fun for me because uh, there's a lot of 49ers fans around the state of Montana. And uh, two of my best friends, actually, are 49ers fans. And so we were watching uh, Trey Lance on Sunday. And and Trey was uh, awesome enough to come on our show uh, multiple times when he was at NDSU. And and then he's come on once since he's been with the 49ers as well, which has been fun to kind of rehash and get his perspective. Uh, But when you have a guy that's a top three pick in the NFL draft and a guy that's a talent like he was, uh, such an exceptional performer as such a young player, replacing that guy is... Is a huge task, but you guys have seemed to not miss a beat. I know you've had a couple guys at quarterback, but but uh, mainly Cam Miller lately has risen up and, and really been the guy for you guys. So just take us through just the sort of the the saga of trying to replace an epic and uh, and once in a lifetime talent like a Trey Lance.
3: Well, you, you, you're you're never going to be able to replace a young man like that. and We never want young men to go and come into this program thinking that's what their job is. You know, I, I've been here long. I, we never wanted. You know, Carson Wentz to think that he had to be Brock Jensen or Easton Strick to think he was Carson Wentz. We wanted each of these quarterbacks to be the, the best version of themselves. And that's what you're seeing right now from a young man, you know, Cam Miller. Cam came in, had a, had a fall to kind of operate under Trey, see how things were done. And, and Trey's been, we've been fortunate enough to have Trey back a couple different times during the summer where he sat down with Cam and I believe was instrumental in some of the, giving him some advice in regards to preparation. But what we've challenged Cam was just being the very best version of himself. Uh, We wouldn't have recruited him if we didn't think he was capable or had the ability to lead our football team to victories on on Saturday. He's had to digest and learn a lot of football in a year's time. And um, to be able to be mature like he has and to take... The good and the bad and learn from them both in such an even keel and in, in such a positive manner. Um, that's what makes Cam so special right now. He's learning every day. You see his growth. You see his teammates growth in their trust and in their confidence in him. And uh, it's exciting time right now.
0: Across the sideline, presented in part by Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth Management, Matt Enstrom, and That's North Dakota State head coach. Let's talk about this matchup on Saturday. Montana State, a team that's really darn good defensively, and they've been playing really, really good defensively down the stretch, especially during this playoff run. And they got a young quarterback who's only got three starts under his belt, but he's caught lightning in a bottle like almost nobody I've ever seen in my 16 years doing this. So before we get into a couple of the details, Coach, just broadly, what do you think of overall the matchup and, and the run Montana State's on to get to this point?
3: Well, they they played really well, and you, you saw that early in the season just the success that they've had and, and, and how they've continued to grow over the course of the year. They've made some changes, had some, had some positions, had some injuries, and they haven't dropped a, or stepped back at all. Uh, they continue to play better and better football. And they've really, like you said, they, they've geared through the playoffs. Um, they, they've taken it to another level. They've gone on the road down in uh, you know Huntsville or uh, down in Texas and, and – uh, uh, a, a very good uh, Sam Houston team. Uh, they played uh, a very good South Dakota State team, a UT Martin team that upset Missouri State at home. And they should be confident right now. They do a great job of running the football. They do an excellent job of protecting their quarterback. And then defensively, uh, they're able to stop the run and, and get people into some third and third long situations. And I think Coach uh, Banks does an unbelievable job of coaching his kids up, disguising their scheme on third down, really to try to change those pictures for quarterbacks.
0: And on the other side of the ball, uh, the way that they've been operating with Tommy Milad at the helm at quarterback, I I mean, when you look at at the film, do you just study what's happened in the playoffs since it is uh, quite a bit different than what they were doing offensively during the regular season, or do you look at the whole package?
3: We've looked at everything a little bit because, uh, you know, you you start focusing on the quarterback too much. They they got a, uh, a tremendous pullback. And you forget about him. You don't forget that he had 1400 yards during the course of the year and missed a couple games here and there. So, um, he's kind of a two headed monster back there in the backfield. And so you're, you're going to see some gun run game. You're going to see a little bit of traditional run game that you have to be, you know, ready to run fit some things, but also you're going to see some gap scheme quarterback run game that's going to try to get him on the perimeter and utilize his athleticism. And we have to be really good at our run fits, but we also have to be really good minimizing explosive plays and keeping the ball in front of us and tackling.
0: Montana State has some familiarity with North Dakota State and, and vice versa as well just because of the playoff matchups in 2018 and 2019 but uh, that was a long time ago now just because of all we've navigated the last couple of years but is is there any crossover is there any familiarity that adds just to the dynamic of this matchup?
3: Oh I, you know we played each other what is it twice now in, in four or five years I don't know if that's enough to to lean on um you know I think there's probably some familiarity with some of the personnel maybe who's Who's still? Uh, I know there's a, a number of players on their roster, on their too deep right now. That um, I think we're, we're a younger version of themselves when they, we last played them in 2019. I know we've probably had a little bit more turnover since then with some, some key positions, but I do know this: I know you know, our football team has great respect for what they've done in their league and in the how they've who they who they beat in the playoffs, how they have beat them, uh, the success they've had, and um, our kids are, are, are super excited to play a, a good
0: montana state team kickoff from toyota stadium frisco texas just a little bit after 11 o'clock central time so for those of you listening to montana that'll be just a little after 10 mountain standard time and coach we'll just get you out of here on this i mean if north dakota state is to yet again be celebrating in frisco what's it going to take for the bison on saturday
3: well, oh, we're gonna have to find ways to run the football. We, we we have to be assistant on some early games. I mentioned earlier just the, the quality of job that Montana State does on third and long. We got to stay out of those situations. You know, all of a sudden your your playbook becomes really limited. Uh, we need to do a great job of, of. And we're not gonna stop the run. We have to be able to control it. We can't allow explosive plays from a defensive standpoint. And we need to win the we need to win the turnover battle. Uh, I know that's a that's a coaching cliche, but it is critical. You look at you know, the last couple games they've played very. Close close games and all of a sudden your opponent throws a couple interceptions and then now the game now they're two touchdowns ahead and uh, we, we we have to do a good job of protecting the ball and, and hopefully we can we can make some explosive plays or, or win the battle of special teams during the course of the game
0: coach i know it's a busy week we appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule look forward to seeing you in frisco on saturday but in the meantime best of luck with the rest of the week and travel safe
3: okay yeah, appreciate it thank you for having me on and uh, we'll see you next
0: Well, it's the first week of January, and we're still talking football, and that's always a good thing. Time now to welcome in a good friend of the show here on Nuances. now. He's Sam Herter from Hero Sports, senior FCS analyst, and uh, a guy that's probably become an old hat making the trip down to Frisco, Texas to cover North Dakota State. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. What's your perspective on this? Because you probably know Frisco pretty darn well now. Probably been down there a few times.
5: Yeah, so I, I was actually counting it up earlier this week, and this will be, this will be my ninth trip uh, to Frisco. I, I've been to seven of the eights when NDSU wins, and then I was there uh, in the spring uh, for South Dakota State and Sam Houston. And so this one will be my, uh, my ninth trip down to Frisco, and it, it's always fun. I always enjoy making it down to Frisco, and there's always unique uh, storylines with, within each game, obviously.
0: Well, we've been down there once, and so I think we're a little bit veteran compared to some of the people from Montana that are going. But what are some tricks of the trade? Like, what, what, what you found any hidden gems in Frisco or any, any logistical things that make the trip go smoother? Yeah, you
5: know, I I think one thing that that might surprise uh, first-time goers is a lot of the stuff to do, you know, Thursday and Friday throughout the day throughout the day, you know, isn't necessarily uh, by the stadium, uh, where you'll find a lot of fans at, as far as the bars and restaurants are. Uh, The shops at Plano Square, I believe it's called, or maybe it's just the shops at Plano. Uh, That's where you'll see a lot of, you know, fans, you know, notably North Dakota State fans, you'll see a lot of fans for both teams in that area. And then there's some other people, or other Places to uh, around Frisco, uh, some hot spots like Twin Peaks or um, I believe it's Third Base Bar. Uh, it, it's called now, and so those are kind of the hot spots uh, which aren't necessarily close to the stadium. And so uh, that, that would be my one piece of advice for fans going for the first time: don't just stick around the stadium uh, because if you do, you, you might not see it. You know, all the fans. You, you really have to kind of branch out into Frisco and into Plano to just see where all the fans are out and, and celebrating.
0: Well, as we know, that uh, there's. A couple fan bases in the FCS that are, that are, uh, second to none unless you're comparing them to each other and I think that this is the first time since the championship moved to Frisco where you have two of those fan bases and that's not to take anything away from, from James Madison or Eastern Washington or Sam Houston they all have great fan bases too but as far as you know the schools that pack it out with 20,000 plus people every weekend and, and also have fans that are not only willing but but uh, eager to travel to watch their teams play uh, pretty much anywhere in the country these, these are two of, of the top teams for sure so I find it fascinating that North Dakota State now has an, an opponent that's going to have a ton of people in fresco as well so what do you think of that dynamic because i know that uh, you know this has become like uh, the first week of January is just the the vacation spot for everybody associated with NDSU. Like we, last time we were down there, we were staying at a hotel, and and the people were saying, "Oh yeah, we already got our rooms for next year. We just we stay here every year and we just renew it. And this is our this is our vacation for for the, the beginning part of the year." Uh, but Montana State's going to bring a lot of fans down there as well. So what do you think of that dynamic? Because it's it's been a little while since maybe NDSU was playing a team that's going to bring thousands and thousands and thousands like the Bobcats will
5: yeah for sure and you know you know being there I, James Madison obviously traveled really well even yeah. Eastern Washington I, I thought traveled pretty well uh, you know Jacksonville State Illinois State teams like that traveled really well uh, You know, Sam Houston is pretty close by so, so they traveled well uh, Towson back in 2013 did not travel well at all that was like literally 95% and just that year right. you know, when they played Towson uh, but yeah I think this is a, a little bit different because uh, you know Montana State I, I think in, in my opinion this is the, the the biggest want for tickets that I've that I've kind of a, a, experienced now covering this national championship game. Totally, um, I think there's been quite the demand uh, of this where uh, you know the the stadium seats. You know, I, you can, you can see anywhere from eighteen to twenty thousand, and then maybe a, a couple of thousand more for standing room only. Uh, and I, I believe I'm guessing those standing room only tickets. There are fifteen hundred that went on sale earlier today. I'm guessing most of those are going to be sold out. And so this is one of those games where yeah, if it was. Move to a thirty-five thousand seat stadium, forty thousand seat stadium. It would probably sell out. But I, I still like it being in Toyota Stadium, just because every year, uh, you know, it, it's not going to sell out quite like this. I mean, even NDSU and James Madison, when those two teams played, uh, it, it never reached twenty thousand. I think it, it only reached twenty thousand people once, maybe uh, against Jacksonville State. NDSU against Jacksonville State. And so, uh, yeah, th- this this game is certainly on another level. And I think it just. It, A big part of that is because, yeah, JMU has a great fan base, but they are also in big time FBS country. Right. You know, Montana, North Dakota, you know, you, you got, you got UND, you got NDSU, you have, you have the Grizz, you have the Bobcats. I mean, that is the show. And so they have, it's just kind of a different level of passion, I guess, for these type of programs.
0: Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, closing in on the national championship game between North Dakota State and Montana State. And Sam, you know North Dakota State as well as anybody. You know the FCS as well as anybody, but you know North Dakota State particularly well. I uh, haven't gone to school there, cut your teeth there, and and started covering them initially uh, when you first were uh, a journalist so just a broad question for what is different about this north dakota state team than maybe some of the other iterations that have made it this far over the last decade and what's similar uh, to some of the other teams of, of ndsu's past
5: yeah, I think there are there are similarities and, and differences really uh, kind of all, all across the board. I would say this Byzantine resembles the 2012 team um, and also probably the 2015 team uh, as well when Easton Stick was leading the charge uh, when, when Carson Wentz got hurt. Uh, and that was really a, a run-heavy team uh, that, that plays really, really good defense. And, and the passing game is okay. It's efficient, but, you know, if they ever have to lean on the pass – uh, you know, that, that's where maybe they could run into some trouble. And so I think this NDS, NDSU team is much more uh, like those teams. Uh, I don't think they're quite as uh, dynamic and dominant as the 2013 team, the 2018 team, or even the 2019 team. And, and that's not even necessarily a slight because those are – probably three of the top 10 <laughs> teams of all time uh, in
0: this subdivision. No those question. No on. question.
5: Yeah, those teams were just on a whole different level talent-wise. Uh, but I think as a whole, uh, you know, the defense is playing as well as it ever has, uh, which is interesting uh, because, you know, I think as a unit, they're playing as well as they have statistically. They're, they're playing as well as they ever have. But they don't quite have that star power. You know, there, there is no Jabril Cox or uh, Nick DeLuca or uh, a Marcus Williams or uh, Derek Tusk or Kylie Manuel big-time elite, the very best of the best at their position in the FCS. And he doesn't necessarily have those guys on this year's defense, yet... You know, guys 1-3-11 on the starting lineup, but then you add in, you know, how much depth they have. They still are just as good as they ever have been on the defensive side. And then offensively, it's really, um, you know, Cam Miller is solid, but he's, you know, again, no slight. But he's not a Trey Lance, and he's not right. a Carson. Or a Carson once again, not a slight. That's just kind of reality. Uh, but the offensive line is playing really well, and they got uh, several guys that can run the rock as well.
0: Well, I think it just, it just is such a testament to the, the formula that NDSU has devised and the culture, the expectation. You know, as we're recording this, I, I talked to Matt Ence, the head coach at NDSU earlier. And like he said, they try to put it into perspective that each season is a its own unique season. They don't talk about the past, they don't talk about the future. It's all about this season and accomplishing the ultimate goal for this season. So it's a true testament to, to just that discipline and that steadiness that they've been able to build up. But then, Sam, you look across the other side, look at Montana State, and you talk about. A team that has a lot of the same elements in terms of toughness and chemistry and um, a good formula. Uh, But also, this is a team that's led by its headliners. I think if you were talking about individual talents, I think that actually uh, uh, most of the most recognizable individual talents in this game play for Montana State. Now, that said, that doesn't necessarily mean the Bobcats are a favorite. In fact, they're not. They're a seven and a half point dog. At least that's what the, the line opened at this week but Montana State has unbelievable talent led by Troy Anderson but also bolstered by guys like Isaiah Fonse and Louis Kidd you know multiple all-Americans across the board Lance McCutcheon has had an outstanding and, and all-time great year uh, at the, on the outside as a wide receiver so what do you think of just sort of that dichotomy and what's your evaluation of the Montana State as they enter this game?
1: Really, the, the
5: best way I would put it is they had, Montana State really had everything in place already to compete at the national level, uh, but, I, but I think Brent Vegan, kind of, and his coaches staff that too, obviously, kind of put the, the finishing touches on it and, and made little changes here and there that, that really made uh, the difference, and I, I think starting, you know, defensively, I, I know they, they kind of switched up their base defense to, to now a, a 4-3 look, but I think even doing small things, uh, it, as far as like rotating players, it seems like they've played throughout the this season a lot more players on the defensive side of the football, uh, which may seem like kind of a small thing, but that results in your defense playing at such a high level late in games and late in the season, where you have guys that, that are more fresh. Um, you know, I know that kind of sounds weird because because Montana State does have a few key injuries on the defensive side of the football, but overall they're they're able to play. You know, other D tackles in place of a guy like Benson, uh, and still, you know, not not see a, a big time drop off. And so, just things like that is. Uh, a pretty big rarity in the fcs where you know especially looking at the defensive line where you can rotate guys and not see that drop off i mean NDSU you can do that montana state can now do that south south Dakota state probably can james madison but it, you know there's not a lot of teams that can do that but I mean, then i think offensively too it, it might sound weird to say because i think the identity has stayed the same as far as wanting to run the ball but i think it's just how they're running the ball has been a bit different you know under, under jeff toad montana state ran the ball in unorthodox ways whether it's using Travis Johnson or troy Anderson uh you know in the wildcats and then they they were they went to more traditional running style with Defonse they, they just kind of ran the ball in a whole di- a whole bunch of different ways which was fine but I think now you know they, they still are running the ball out of the shotgun but, but it's a bit more of uh, a traditional style of running attack with this offense and then too, um you know they, they've gotten much better quarterback play you know I, I think Matt McKay was good at the start of the season he regressed and then the whole you know transfer portal and, and benching thing and all that but then Tommy watch has just kind of added that 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 big time dimension as a playmaking quarterback that this program has kind of been looking for for a number of years now
0: Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. And Sam, you just mentioned it. I mean, Tommy Malott is one of the, uh, the breakout stars and one of the guys that have come out of nowhere that I've ever seen in my career, covering the FCS or covering the Big Sky Conference. Uh, so what have you thought? I mean, it doesn't really matter who you are or what you cover or who you root for, or even if you don't root at all. It's a pretty crazy story, a pretty amazing story, that this true freshman from Butte, Montana, has just taken this, this Bobcat team to another level.
5: Yeah, and um, you know, I, I've said it plenty of times in, in the last few weeks, and it is kind of cliche, but I think it's true in that, in that he kind of has that it factor uh, about him, and you need that at the quarterback position uh, where it seems like with, with Tommy Malott uh, behind center, it just seems like when Montana State needs a play, you, you kind of trust that, you know, Malott is going to make that play. And that's what NDSU has had in past seasons, whether it was, you know, they needed the, the fourth and goal against Georgia Southern in, I believe it was 2012, and you kind of just knew, okay, y'all. You know, Brock Jensen, he's going to be able to to make this play or, you know, they're down by a touchdown with less than two minutes left against Illinois State in the title game. You kind of just have this feeling right, you know, this Carson Wentz, dude, I feel like he's going to get it done. You know, same thing with Easton Stick. same thing with Trey Lance. I think Montana State has that guy now with with Malat, where he just seems to come up with clutch plays, you know, time and time again, whether it's, you know, maybe he takes a sack and it's, and it's second and 15, and all of a sudden they run a quarterback draw and he gets 11 tough yards and then it's third and manageable, or maybe it's third and six, and, you know, again, it's a quarterback design run. He gets hit after four yards, but he pushes the pile two, you know, two more yards and then he, he extends the drive. It's just kind of small plays like that that Malat has continually made throughout these playoffs, and you, you, you definitely need that to win uh, or to compete for a national title, uh, and he, he's been really fun to watch.
0: Well, last thing for you then, Sam, th- this matchup's going to be an interesting one because, make no mistake, when Jeff Cho was at Montana State, he was building MSU into the image of North Dakota State. He wanted them to have a very similar identity and similar strengths, and you know, I think that one thing that North Dakota State has had for so long is such a huge advantage in the trenches, but the Bobcats are so good up front defensively, especially if they can get a couple of the guys, like you mentioned, that are banged up back. And offensively, Montesta has a good offensive line as well, and they can run the ball in multiple ways. The quarterback run game has been huge for them uh, in the playoffs. And uh, if Tommy Malak can keep throwing that back shoulder fade, the MSU offense is pretty hard to stop, but on this, at the same time, This is old hat for NDSU. They've been here before. They've prepared. They've used the three-week break to their advantage almost every time. They're going to have great support while they're down there. And, uh, you know, the more the names change, the more that the results seem to stay the same. So uh, I'm not going to have you make a prediction as much as just give me a North Dakota State will win if and a Montana State will win if.
5: I think uh, NDSU will win uh, if if they uh, limit yards after contact uh, with Milot. Uh You know, it sounds like LaSonce uh, probably will play, but, you know, what level of health is he? You will see, and so I can see Tommy having to run the ball 25, 30 times uh, in this national title game. And so I think if NDSU uh, can limit yards after contact where, you know, Malat isn't, is it pushing the pile forward. He's not breaking tackles. You know, he's not slipping off tackles. I think that's a big time key for NDSU um, along with getting out to uh, a big start. And for Montana State to kind of go off of that, I think they need to get off to a a quick start uh, in their own rights. I have seen, you know, firsthand when teams are in Frisco for the first time, whether it's Jacksonville State or in Eastern Washington, whether it's the stage is too big or maybe NDSU is just so comfortable in that stadium where it just feels like it's just another typical game for NDSU. It seems like the Bison always jump out to really quick, uh, you know, two score leads in games against teams that maybe aren't as experienced in Frisco. And so I think for Montana State, getting up to a quick start, uh, not falling behind early, uh, is very important. Uh, and then I think you know, just holding their own uh, in the trenches too. Obviously, they're going to want to establish the run. They're going to have to stop the run. Uh, that's going to be big time uh, important as well. And I just think uh, you know, coming up, coming down with those fifty fifty plays, uh, it, it, Montana State needs to make those fifty fifty plays. Whether it's you know making a guy miss right up the the first yard marker, or whether it's McCutcheon, you know again winning those those outside hashes, you know throws one on one with receivers. Uh, Montana State is going to have to win those battles to
3: to win this game.
0: Sam Herder, Hero Sports. You can go to heroesports. dot com, or you can follow Sam on Twitter for all his great content. Not only this weekend and this weekend, but. Throughout the year, he does a great job covering the FCS on a national level and uh, weaving it all together, helping everybody that follows different teams and different conferences sort of put things in perspective. Sam, look forward to seeing you down in Frisco. But in the meantime, have a good week and uh, safe travels, and thanks so much for being with us here.
5: Yeah, you too. Look forward to seeing, uh, seeing all you guys down there in Frisco.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond.
4: Oh, my gosh, Coulter. All I can say is I feel blessed. I I mean, just to be a part, uh, not necessarily be a part, but to, you know, cover such a a wonderful, special program. And this isn't only my first time here. I mean, we got head coach Brent Vegan. This is his first season with the Bobcats. You got OC Taylor Housewright, DC Freddie Banks. I mean, it's pretty incredible that uh, a handful of these first-year coaches have taken these guys. And obviously, it's an entire group effort with the team and the coaches and the fans, but that they've been the leaders to, you know, bring these guys to their first championship in 37 years.
0: It is amazing. And uh, there's been so many great. Just uh, dist- different angles to the story and the storylines. They seem to right. just continue to get more rich every single week. But uh, a couple Saturdays ago in Bozeman when South Dakota State was in town, yeah, I've been going to games there for 15-plus for years, and, and that was definitely one of the best environments and best atmospheres I've ever seen. There and there was so many different special things that happened uh, in Montana State's 31-17 win. But I'll ask you because you're so good at, at just observing the the human side of all this stuff. What, what was your favorite moment from that that entire afternoon and uh, you know anything from the game or or the post game or anything like that? Because I think that there was just so many different elements that were, were so unforgettable
4: unforgettable is the perfect word Coulter and I think another great word to describe it that Dan- Daniel Hardy described it as this Coach Vegan, Amandre Williams a handful of the guys said surreal and that's exactly how it felt I was on the, on the field as the fireworks started going off the clock ran out i mean i've only been to this season as you know of montana state football games you said you know 15 plus years you've been here a long time but that was truly one of the most exciting if not the most exciting football game i've ever been able to experience between the packed house of 20 plus thousand fans screaming from start to finish and it was freezing cold, so it really felt like you were in, you know, Bozeman, Montana, and, and you got that feeling of, this is an intense semifinal matchup. But as soon as the clock ran out, and there were tears with players and coaches, there were hugs, I mean, the fans were yelling, let's go, and there was a, you know, storming the field. It really was an unforgettable game, I think, for everybody.
0: Well, how about that weekend for Daniel Hardy? mean, I thought it was so awesome. That, uh, you know the guy loses his dad when he was in high school and you know it, it sort of, sort of draws him to football and, and then he's living a long ways from his mom and he always talks about his mom I mean he's brought her up all throughout the year and, and how much he's trying to you know prove himself for her and, and show out for her but you know to hear him say, my mom was here to watch me graduate on Friday enter my college degree and then get two sacks including probably the game winning sack on a Saturday he said hey the first thing i thought of was where's my mom i got to go find my mom and i just thought it was such an awesome moment too you know what a weekend for that guy cuz i mean that's a that's a once in a lifetime achievement two days in a row unbelievable
4: and that's the beautiful thing about it, like you said, culture. I mean, this team has not only faced, you know, public adversity between getting their their season canceled, uh will postponed and then canceled the 2020 season, then getting a coaching change from beloved head coach of Bobcat Nation Jeff Choate to first time head coach Brent Vegan. And look at what you know what he's done with this program this year. It's pretty incredible. Then you go into this year and they go on this incredible win streak. You know, it's it's amazing. And then boom, you. Leave lose to cat Grizz, and then you lose your starting quarterback for in the regular season that he goes into the transfer portal beyond all those things these players have faced so much adversity like you just touched on with daniel he's and this is not to take away from what he's experienced but a lot of these guys have experienced adversity off the field and and things that kids their age and young men should their age should not have to experience um you know at, at their age and the way that how poised they are and how humble and selfless it's it's really a special group
0: montana state minute alex Escherman from swx montana television joining us here on Nuana is now closing in on montana state taking on north dakota state the fcs national championship game from frisco texas and it is so true alex i think that that's why i mean there's the obvious of why the 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 group of leaders on montana state have a a distinct elevated maturity about them no question and part of that is just because they are older, you know. I mean, a guy like Lewis Kid's been in college for six years, and a guy like, you know, Taylor Tiuasasopo, same thing. But also, it is. I think it's that the, the cumulative heartache that's brought them together. You know, like Lewis's mom was was battling cancer for a long time, and I know I know she's doing well now. But that's tough being away from from family when they're struggling like that. And Taylor Tiuasasopo, you know, he lost his dad in the off season. And you're right. You're right. I mean, these guys have experienced so many of these these personal struggles, but I also think that's what's added to both their closeness as a group as well as just their collective maturity
4: definitely it's been really special and i can't tell you how excited i am i know you're excited we're all going to frisco to cover the cats taking on north dakota power i mean fcs dynasty north dakota state and another story story storyline that we've all talked about how fitting is it that coach vegan first time head coach starts his season off against the team that he was coming from in wyoming and now he's ending it at the championship against his alma mater where he grew up north dakota um and and where he got his start
0: in coaching. Well, one other element that I wanted you to touch on, uh, just to, to let people know just in case they can make a, a little last-minute last, uh, last minute effort here. I know that, uh, I don't know if you've released it yet, yeah, but I know you were working on a story about the, the Spirit of the West marching band trying to go down there. I do think that's a great cause because Montana State was trying to raise some money, wasn't necessarily in the budget to go to Texas. And if you're taking, you know, a couple hundred people and a couple hundred instruments it's a it's a it's a lofty bill for sure but i know that uh, you were trying to get that out there a little bit at least just in terms of of helping those those people so just tell people more about that i mean can people still get involved can they still donate what's kind of the status of of the marching band going to texas
4: yes thank you colter i'm happy you brought that up and uh and you know it's actually a team effort we have our morning news reporter and noah schmick uh for wake up montana working on this we've got our our evening news reporter madison atkinson we're kind of following this together and it sounds like they are going to be able to send the band uh however you can still donate and and make sure to keep up on that on montana state university's facebook page if you scroll down a ways not too far you can see a very easy link and explanation as to how to donate but the great thing is they're matching all the donations to make sure that they can send the band and i think that and the, the players and the and Coach Vegan touched on this when I asked them about it. But I mean, can you really imagine a game day of college football game without the marching band?
0: Right, right. You, you got to have it.
4: You have to have them. Absolutely. Have to, uh, and Tommy Malott, he said, uh, you know, they they run us out. They you know they they allow us to have our run out they make it exciting for us and you know they hope that they can get there just as much as they hope they can get there because they everybody feeds off the band's energy every game
0: yeah no there's no doubt about it it's an essential part of the deal but no question mm-hmm. so i uh, you can go help them help them get down there donate before after whatever i know that they'll appreciate the help and uh, you can find all that stuff you know, online like alex just mentioned Uh, Let's talk just a little bit about uh, this game. I mean, what do you think about this? Because I I think that it's so hard to even analyze the Bobcats because they just transformed into this juggernaut. They were always so good, but maybe had one or two missing links throughout the regular season. And then once they found their quarterback, it's like the entire team became like this unstoppable force. And so, you know, on one hand, North Dakota State has has won eight of the last nine national championships. But on the other hand, I don't know how you could possibly bet against the Cats right now because they're just so red hot.
4: It's true. It's hard to be covering the team and not and, and not want to go. You know, they, it kind of just feels like they're meant to go there and right. do something. And it feels like that it's almost their time. However, I mean, winning eight of the, out of the last nine championships for North Dakota State, that's just scratching the surface of how successful they've been in the last couple of decades. I mean, this team, and, and they know... The Bobcats know that this is going to be a, a tall task. And Coach Beacon even said it in one of his press conferences. He said, you know, if we play very similar styles of football. It's almost just going to be like, may the best man win, uh, which is, which is exciting, and um, it's going to be a tough task. And at Coulter I was even able to talk to Alex Singleton and mm-hmm. Denary McKee, some of the former Bobcat greats, and Alex said it perfectly. He's like, this is almost kind of like a redemption uh, year for, for the oldies, for the old guys, because Sam Houston State lost to those, those guys, yep. guys in the playoffs denarius lost to to north dakota state uh back in the day and they're just as invested with these guys watching it and following it as we all are and if not more i mean obviously more so they played for the program and they know what it feels like to go out and try to win these games and for this 2021 bobcat football team to do it they they are rooting for these guys hard for sure
0: well, that's exactly what makes sports so great, right? And, you know, I mean, I, I've heard from Singleton and Denarius and Elvis Akpla and a lot of these great Bobcats. And Travis Lake called the other night, and it's, it's just so good to hear from these guys. and. And just the pride that they have in their alma mater. I think they're all sort of living vicariously through these guys. And it's so funny, too, because Travis you know, Soule and Denarius McGee are two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And I think those two guys are two of the biggest Tommy Malat fans that are exist on the earth. So, uh, very cool for these guys. No question about it. She's Alex Escherman, joins us every week on the Montana State Minute. Alex, thank you so much for being with us this week. Look forward to seeing you in Frisco and uh, safe travels down there. We very much look forward to watching the National Championship game with you and uh, uh, have yourself a great week.
4: Thank you, Coulter. Thank you so much. Always a privilege to be on your show.